This week's podcast is brought to you by Unbound Breathwork. The main controversy is around a new kind of premium version of Spotlight. What it essentially does is overnight create a two-tier system. Maybe it's not actually a Spotlight monopoly because Spotlight aren't in control of the way performers are locked in. It's the casting directors that have got the performers locked into Spotlight. And in a sense, it's the performers who have got the casting directors locked into Spotlight because that's where they all are. Spotlight officially paused their premium feature. There's like a whole campaign could be born that educates and brings forward a new industry that can actually fix these problems and benefit everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Three Rings podcast. My name's Stuart Bishop, and I'm here with my fellow director, Bailey J. Muir. So before we dive into the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, and turn on the notification bell so you know all about next week's episode. So today is part two of our Spotlight Scandal. If you haven't watched part one, then click the link now. Uh, Watch that and then come back and watch this, because I'm going to ask you this question, and... I don't expect you to answer it, but I am going to try and push you for an answer at the very end. And my question, Bailey, is, is this the end for Spotlight? I think the best thing to do is to go straight in and let's read through Equity's statement. It was titled Equity's Policy on Spotlight and Casting Directories. In recent months, equity members have asked the union to review its policy and approach to Spotlight and similar casting directories. This work started with an all-member consultation launched in August, closing in October. With nearly 2,000 responses, it's gained one of equity's highest response rates for a survey. This review has gained increased importance following the attempted launch of Spotlight's premier tiered service at the end of October. But that's interesting, isn't it, Bailey? Because that's sort of saying that they were already thinking about this. This hasn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, for sure. This is it. By the fact that they were doing this survey before the spotlight thing even cracked off, there's been something in development, which again, actually gives us that little bit of a reassurance with equity. We're very much the same as used to it. Traditionally, I've always been like, they don't do enough. They're not thinking. They're not actioning. Something has definitely changed with equity in the past six months where it's like they're stepping up to the plate. And this really evidences they were doing that before this. It's not just now they've stepped into action. Something's changed in equity. I think we should really commend that because they are now bringing forth exactly what the industry needs and long may it continue. If a union can actually do things, um, then then great. And that's why, you know, like we said, for a long time, it seems they, they create policies and no one seems to get behind them or they never seem to finish anything or it's sort of you hear that they're going to talk about it and then they don't. So they've obviously got support behind this and they're going for it. Let me let me continue. After concerns were raised by equity, Spotlight users and casting and agent associations, Spotlight has now taken the necessary step of cancelling Premier. This is a success for equity, our members and the industry allies who spoke out. However, this move does not fix persistent issues with casting directors that continue to impact members. In most industries, it is illegal to charge the workforce for services like Spotlight, except for in performing arts and entertainment industries. The cost of work finding has to be met entirely by employees, as Spotlight currently do not charge agents or casting directors when they are members of the largest professional associations, the PMA and the CGD. 
Equity believes that this is wrong and that the model should now change. We believe that charging performers to use a casting directory is a tax on hope and an unjust cost for a working person to bear. Now, Bailey, I mean, we've just bigged up equity, but it's like, do they just believe it now? Or have they always believed it? Because I was going on about this in when I was doing my network um, seminars. This was what this was one of the main things I was saying. You know that performers should not be paying for any type of casting platform. Well, this is one of the problems, isn't it? You'll probably know the answer to this more than me, Stuart. But how long has Spotlight had this website version of? Obviously, we know it's been a company since 1921, but not in its present form. How much money have performers paid into this system over the years that essentially equity are now saying you should have never paid any of that money? There is an element of there's a huge failure that you've never done this before and cost your members definitely millions, probably hundreds of millions, let's be real. It's not a great look to only be doing it now, but I guess there is this side of do we want to criticise them too much and put them off doing it? Good on you doing it now, but it should have come before, is what I would say. It should have come before. And the question is, why didn't it come before? Because, you know, this is, this is, it, it seems blatantly obvious. Now, we've spoken, obviously, at <laughs> length behind, off camera about this. And obviously, we have to be very careful what we say here in a legal term, I think. But, and I'm not <laughs> what what I'm putting what what I'm kind of seeing is that perhaps it wasn't um, it you know it suited all parties. Do you know what I mean? It suited all parties for Spotlight to exist, Equity to exist, the colleges to promote. Everyone seems to be it, it, all these the col you know colleges and drama schools, Spotlight, CDG. They're all supporting, you know, PMA, you get it for free if you're part of this. It's all kind of, everyone's like in a, in a circle, massaging each other. It almost reminds me of the um, Green Day song, like, Do You Know Your Enemy? It feels like that has been the case up until now. Because Spotlight have been so powerful in the industry, I almost feel like equity have taken the approach of, we need to be friends with them so we can continue to have conversations and advance the industry and therefore have possibly overlooked that actually to advance the industry, you need to get rid of this person. It's like maybe they didn't realise until now they're an enemy. They've been treating them as a friend that they can work with. So obviously Spotlight, because of the power they hold, Spotlight have the potential to implement a lot of policies that will help the industry. So there's an essence of friend, an essence of enemy, and it's deciding which one they are, isn't it? Which maybe where equity have been stuck over the years. Quite possibly, <laughs> giving giving him a lot of benefits of the doubts here. Um, no, quite possibly. You you know it. It just you know when I think back, you know, all colleges. What do they say? Oh, you should get with Equity. You should get with Spotlight. It's like you know, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that people are getting kickbacks, but it feels like you know it, it seems to all suit everyone and. Again, it's this whole thing, which we're going to delve into, you know, on another podcast at some point of this, this kind of level underneath the entertainment industry, which is called the performing arts, which 
ah, I've always said it's like a holding pit for people who will never probably make it. Um, so you have to give them something to make them feel good for five to 10 years until they give up. Well, this is it. Like they've always been listed on each other's websites as like partners and all of this. It's been some strange interlinking. And who knows what that is? Maybe it actually just presents stranger than it is. But there's something there and it may even just be a mentality amongst the industry where when you go through college, you're always told in the same sentence, you need to join equity on Spotlight. It's never even two separate conversations. So I feel like it's almost like entrenched in all of our minds that they are like one of the same. And it's only now that they've split. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because what equity, with equity, <laughs> we're getting into it now, with equity saying that this is a tax on hope, which it is, yeah, and saying that it shouldn't be allowed, which it shouldn't, um, and somehow it is allowed in the performing arts, I don't know how, um, but it's like with equity saying what they're saying, they're basically then, you know, uh, they're, they should be then against the colleges putting, putting, you know, telling people to, and the agents. I can tell you something now, Bailey, uh, you know, you'll know this because obviously we've been working together three, four years now. Um, but I can guarantee you, obviously, while we've been together as agents, we've never told anyone to get Spotlight. But I can guarantee you in the 20 odd years before that of, of me running agencies, I've never told anyone to get Spotlight. So who do we blame here? Do we blame colleges? Do we blame the agents, the casting directors? Well, this is a thing. I think it becomes education, doesn't it? Rather than a blame game. There's definitely someone to blame. But is that actually healthy to move forward with? This is where at the end of the la of the first part of this episode, I had my mini little call out of like, hopefully a full campaign can be born here from equity, which seems like it's kicking into gear. And I would hope the next part of this, maybe when we come back to do part three, is equity have sent an email out to all of their members. Don't renew your spotlight. They've reached out to the colleges and gone, stop promoting this. There's more to be done still to keep this movement driving forward. Yeah, we can get a law changed, but that's going to take a fair few years to do. There's stuff we can do in the meantime to protect the performers whilst we get there. I think that's what we need to see come next. And it is half this blame game, but what's more proactive, to be honest, is just making sure moving forward it's not the same. That's where it has to go next if it's going to be effective. Let's continue with this, this statement. The council has decided to campaign for the law to be changed. So our industries are brought in line with most others. Equity believes all casting directories, including Spotlight, should be banned from charging work seekers and so should free, so, and so should be free for performers to use. It is the producers and engagers who should bear the cost. Members should look out for how they can get involved in this campaign, which will be launched shortly. They go from one thing to the other. It's like, how has equity come up with that that kind of um, sort of solution? Gordon, what's your thoughts there? Well, I feel like equity in saying that is actually a little bit naive. I feel like it's still lacking factors. It's lacking another chunk of the argument against Spotlight. And where I say this is essentially equity now are saying, we have to charge the client for the use of Spotlight. I agree with the client should be the person who foots the expenses for the recruitment. However, it's not the client who chooses to go through Spotlight. There's many, many free methods of casting. Even just 
a casting director having an email list where they email all of the agents. That works and it's totally free. So it gives me the thought of, is it really the client's responsibility to pay for Spotlight when it's the casting director's tool? It's the casting director that chooses to use it. Probably 50% of the time, the client doesn't even know it's being used. And this, if we compare to another industry, is like a builder turning up to build a new wall for you and making you buy him a new hammer to do the job. It just wouldn't happen. They bring their own tools with them and then you pay for their expertise. I feel like Spotlight for a casting director is a tool in the toolbox. So if anyone's going to pay for me, it's a casting director. However, I don't actually say that because I think it's the answer. I think when you get onto that method of thinking, this then actually makes you realise no one should pay for it. It just shouldn't exist. It's unnecessary. Because again, why do the casting directors want to use it when there are free methods anyhow? It comes down to nothing but ease, if we're completely honest. No one comes good. No one comes out good in all of this. Um, but let's 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 just get to the end of this, and then we'll <laughs> then we'll go on to the stages article. Um, so it is the scale of member disquiet that compels us to respond to this issue. Just just that sentence is just it sums up equity, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, we don't we don't do anything until you tell us to do it. Ah, they just they've got no backbone. That's what it is. They've got no backbone. If you if you if you think something, you gotta do it. You know, don't wait for everyone to go, yes, we support you, just do it. But then devil's advocate, is that not exactly what a union's about, to be honest? This is why I always say companies aren't sentient. This is an organisation that doesn't he even have a director, I don't believe, because it's a union. So it just appoints someone every year or every two years to be in charge. So actually, are equity allowed to have an opinion or, or are equity actually just meant to do what their members call for? Again, I think this is an, it's another tough point where equity might not be as bad as they are often made to look by what goes on. Again, it may come from they just don't have the support underneath that is directing them where to go. And they actually need that support to be able to go where they want to go. Yeah, it could be that. <laughs> it, it could be that. It could be that or it could be they've just got no backbone. Um, however, it's very easy for us to slag off equity. But when we do, you know, when we do have a, a proper discussion about it and we do detail it, it's it's up to us as well, you know, to come out with views like that. And, and you're, prob you're possibly right. It's identifying who's meant to have that backbone, isn't it? Because you can't place it on a person's head. So just saying equity, it's not even sentient. It doesn't know what you're saying. It's like for me and you to have a backbone is so easy because it's just our opinion will lead our company. Equity is such a different model that I feel like unless you're actually inside equity, it's impossible to really understand how it works. Welcome to the new chapter in your wellness journey brought to you by Unbound Breathwork, the proud sponsors of this podcast. Dive into the transformation power of 9D Breathwork, an immersive experience that combines ancient briefing techniques with state-of-the-art soundscapes to guide you into profound states of relaxation and healing. Unbound Breathwork's online sessions are your portal to deep healing, accessible from the comfort of your own space by visiting www unboundbreathwork.co you can turn any room into a sanctuary of peace and self-discovery seeking solace from stress or a path through trauma our sessions are crafted for deep healing from within offering a tranquil space to breathe release and rejuvenate your spirit as a special thank you to our podcast listeners you can now get an exclusive 50% discount on your first session 
Just enter the code three rings 50 at checkout to unlock the full potential of Nandi breathwork for half the price. If you're curious and want a glimpse of the experience, there's a five minute session sample waiting for you on the website. It's a sneak peek into the powerful journey that awaits. Stay connected on Instagram at Unbound Breathwork and join a community committed to breathing, healing, transforming and thriving together. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. With the code 3RINGS50, your transformation journey is just a breath away. Visit the website, sign up and embark on a path to a rejuvenated life. Remember, the road to healing begins with a single breath. Unbound Breathwork is here to guide you every step of the way, breathing new possibilities into your life. Big thank you to Unbound Breathwork for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and kindly sharing this promo code for us to share with our listeners and viewers of the podcast. Okay, so they then say, we are articulating concerns felt and expressed across our membership. Despite our disagreements with Spotlight over their business model, the union will continue to engage with Spotlight and other casting directories where we have shared an interest for the good of our members and our industries. In short, Equity Council has agreed to begin a member campaign to pressure casting directories to charge producers and those involved in the casting process and ban directories from charging our members to use their service. Explore all avenues to protect members from exploitation under the current system for charges for inclusion. Why don't you tell us about the uh, the stage article? So obviously the stage released an article reporting on all of this going on and they've got statements from a few casting directors, a few agents, etc. I can't read you out the entire thing because obviously the stage is a lot behind the paywall, but I encourage you to go and read it. I'll drop a link in the description down below. However, I will read you the bit that I can read you before we dive into it all. The headline is Spotlight Industry Debate Ignites Over Who Should Pay for Casting Site. Calls from equity to ban Spotlight from charging actors have ignited a sector-wide debate over who should foot the cost for the casting site and rival services such as the Mandy Network and Star Now. Now, that's as much of it as I can read you. However, what I can do is give you a brief overview of what's in there that we will then discuss. So there's a whole controversy stemming from Equity's initial statement where they make the reference to members of the PMA and CDG don't pay for Spotlight, but all of the performers do. Now, it seems Equity have actually made a bit of a mistake in their wording there because that sentence on its own in isolation it implies that Equity have a belief that the agents and casting directors should be the ones footing the bill. Obviously, as we've just been through, the rest of that statement from Equity kind of brings clarity to it that they want the clients to. However, not completely because the isolated paragraph is still not very well worded. So I feel like it's left a lot of the industry in this position where they're thinking equity is saying performers are the only people who shouldn't pay. Agents should, cast and directors should, producers should, clients should. And this has then kicked off a whole other thing because obviously the cast and directors, it's still not their job. They shouldn't be the one footing the bill for recruitment. Agents, not our job. We shouldn't foot the bill for recruitment. It is only the client should, that should have that expense. Obviously, to revert so, back. So who... Okay, okay. Just, just inject, just in case people um, watching don't know who you're talking about here. Where um, the two main casting, um, you said the PMA and the CDG. So, just for those who don't know that, that is the 
um, the Casting Directors Guild and what does the PMA stand for? And so you've got the Casting Directors Guild who looks after the majority of casting directors. You also have the CDA, which was a breakaway, the Casting Directors Association, which has a few of them. There are actually a few casting directors in both as well. CDA are very quiet at the moment, but really they're still involved in this conversation. And then you've also got the PMA, which is the Personal Managers Association, which is a huge chunk of basically the UK's biggest talent agencies. So you've got a group of casting directors, a group of agents, in essence. Talk to me uh, about Paul Fleming. So Paul Fleming is the general secretary of equity at the moment. So this whole thing from the stage, obviously, it sparked this whole conversation. And equity was starting to get a little bit of kickback, being like, why are you saying this? Why are you calling for casting directors to pay? Why agents to pay? So Paul on his own Twitter. Sorry, kickback from where? Just the general industry. People just sat in them on Twitter in their comments being like, is this correct? Is that what you mean? That's not what we want. Um, so they were just getting basically, very, I wouldn't say tapped, but challenged. So basically this prompted Paul to then come out on his own Twitter to try and clarify. And it weren't quite in these words, but he's basically acknowledged that the statement weren't great. That's not equity stance. They were just using that to try and make a point that maybe they shouldn't have made because it's misled people. Equity's actual stance is just the end client should pay. So he's basically come out to try and give clarity, which in a sense, this article from the stage, it puts to bed everything that's been said there because it's not what equity were actually trying to say. However, there was some more interesting bits in that with a few agents coming out saying that they actually were happy to pay for Spotlight to go on, which took me by surprise that anyone would say that. What's your thoughts on that, Stuart? Why do you think any agent would be like, yeah, I'll pay? Let's go back five, six years ago of me, you know, doing seminars and campaigning and going and talking against equity and Spotlight. And one of the things then I said, well, look, you know, why should performers pay for it? You know, as an agent, I'd be more than happy to pay for it. Now, let me tell you something. I said that then because I had in my head, there was no inkling that this would ever happen. You know, Spotlight is so like locked in, it seems, that everyone just goes, yeah, we've got to just, we've got to have our Spotlight, you know, number, whatever it is, and we've got to do it. That for me to say, yeah, I wouldn't mind paying, it was an, it was an easy thing to say, you know, because over a performer, I think, you know, if you had to choose, you'd say, yeah, it'd be the agent. But there's no way that I'd ever want to pay. And the time to say that you'd want to pay is is when there doesn't seem to be any chance of it ever happening. Not when actually there is the the door has been opened for no one to pay. Why on earth, as an agent, would you then come out? And, it's like they were trying. We I don't know. We don't have to name a shame, but it's like it's like these these couple of agents who got interviewed, whatever, were trying to get some kind of woke kind of hey look at me i'm on the side of the performers but it was just like no you don't you don't there's no need no one needs to pay that's my thoughts on it basically i just i was just like what are they doing why would you pipe up like can you not see there is this is the opportunity for no one to have to pay you know we shouldn't have a platform like that that charges it or it's going to be somehow i don't know we'll talk about solutions later but that's my thoughts you know it's maybe a bit i don't know 
What, are you shocked at those thoughts or what? No, I totally agree with you. Um, I would say everything you've just said there. But I think there's also another side to it as well where actually just having that thought process almost lacks perspective of what the problem is here. It's like equity of use this great statement. I love the poetry of it. Of It's a tax on hope. We don't only need to address the tax part, which I feel like is what that opinion is doing. We also need to opinion to address the hope part of that, which is this 90,000 versus 2,500 rolls a month. This service isn't, isn't delivering value even if it's free. It's giving false hope, and we need to undo this. And this is where I'm really going to give out a call to the PMA and the CDG, more widely agents and casting directors, but I think the PMA and CDG alone can change it all overnight if they make the right decision. And what I want to try and say here is it's all about supply and demand. See, equity are trying to move to make this business model illegal. However, that's probably going to take three, four, five years of campaigning. Do we actually want to sit around for those three, four, five years and let performers pay another few thousand pounds for this before it's ended? I think it's time that we end it early before the law gets changed. And with this, we need to take control of our supply and demand. Now, you can't control where your demand comes from, but you can control where you place your supply. So I'll take this from an agent side, first of all. Our demand comes from the casting director's castings. So until the castings are gone, we have to be on spotlight. However, our supply is the performers. Our performers don't need to be on spotlight for us to keep facilitating those castings. Therefore, our performers do not need to keep paying this fee. And without them paying that fee, spotlight will end and the casting directors will have to move to alternate methods anyway. So that's where agents need to take responsibility Stop putting people forward via Spotlight. Tell your talent that they don't need it. They will still be seen for every project. Then on the casting director's end, again, you can't control where your demand comes from. That is always going to come from your client, but you can choose where you put your supply. Their supply is where they put the castings. They're the only ones making the agents have to stay there. So they need to put their casting through alternate methods, and that will then push any agents that are left behind to go, oh, there's nothing left on Spotlight, so I'll have to move to alternate channels. And even any that are left telling their performers that you need to be on Spotlight, eventually, if enough castings are gone, they're going to have to come to the reality of, yeah, this is done. You don't need it anymore. This is how the industry now works. We've got to shift. You can control your supply. Agents can make the change and casting directors can make the change if we hold strong and just move elsewhere. And it's literally as easy as just taking things to email. Get an email list. You can make a database in one day, and that's now your new spotlight. We can almost work the same way of doing these endless briefings every day via email, but without any performer having to pay and without this just false hope, essentially. We can be more selective of when we've got a dance job, we go to dance agents. I've got an acting job, we go to acting agents, and even independent people, as we meet them through their careers, let's say cast and to Maybe independent actors can email their stuff over. And if a casting director likes them, they get added to the email chain that the acting agents are in if they're an actor or the dancer's agents list if they're a dancer. So they can receive it and the casting directors are sending to the people that actually should be on it. No longer every casting goes to 90,000. Actually, it goes to the correct select 5,000 maybe, which is still a huge gap of false hope if you're trying to only cast one or two roles. But it's still 
a million times better than the model we're on right now. Firstly, um, I agree with all that. Uh, secondly, Bailey, you know what was funny was as all this started to develop, uh, we started to see the, uh, you know, one or two casting directors. In fact, I'm going to say it, Mark Summers. <laughs> Mark Summers comes out and says, you know, I think it was it was something in the vein of, oh, look, we put out, we always put out our castings for free. You know, we don't think people should have to pay for them. Oh, right. When did you start thinking about this, Mark Summers? Eh? When did you start thinking this? Like, did, have you just started thinking this? Like, because you've been happy to put your castings all over Spotlight for, for however long it's been. Like, I just don't get the, you know, and, and if, if you, if you really think that, take, take off Spotlight. You are influential enough that if you did it, hope because so many people in the arts are just like puppy dogs people would follow that's it do it and make a big deal out of it and imagine the benefit he would actually get from that as well he'd literally be the industry's most loved casting director overnight you've got so much to gain like if i was a casting director right now i'd be like i've got to be the first to do it i can't believe they're not i was at dinner the other night <laughs> right i won't say with who but you could probably find out if you check my um, instagram but i was at dinner and i was and i was chatting to uh someone who is a, a casting you know a casting professional and i was saying look you know this uh, we were kind of debating whether spotlight you know if it is really over them or not and the general consensus, I think, that a lot of people will think, and, and my friend thought this, was that it's going to take a long time, like you said earlier, to change a law, which always, you know, it could take five, it could take years. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, they will, there'll be something else. There has to be, you know, there has to be a spotlight. Um, but it's going to take a long time for something new, blah, 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 blah. So there's no real rush in it. And I argued, I said, no, if one big casting director really puts out that, look, this is, you know, I thought about it and I'm, I'm coming off spotlight. Uh, and then another one and then another one. That is it. That is the end within. It could literally fall within a week or so. For sure. And I think th this is a call with these casting directors that are now trying to put out these statements of we don't. We are on the performer's side, so we're not going to make you have to be on Spotlight. We'll put it out on Spotlight and on social media. It's just not enough. And it comes down to, I think, a lack of understanding how their casting is leveraged by Spotlight. The value the members pay for is access to castings. So even if you put it out for free, Spotlight is still using that as their tool to advertise, join Spotlight because you get 2,500 castings as is one of the very first things you see on their website right now. The only way we're going to end performers feeling a need to pay for it is by lowering that number of castings that they can display they have on their website. That's what performers are paying for. Whatever you put it in, you are supporting the model, even if you give an alternative. It shouldn't be an alternative. It should just be the sole new method. It feels like everyone is just going to wait and see what happens. But... In the, in the meantime, it's the performers who are suffering, you know, especially, you know, now people are thinking, well, should I renew my spotlight? Should I, you know, should I be paying for this in the future? What's going on? Um, I would recommend 
well, I've always recommended performers. You do not need, and this is the thing that which they probably don't know. You don't need to be part of Spotlight because the ca- <laughs> the castings go to the agents, yeah, who are on Spotlight, yeah. So you don't need the you don't need the performer because what you don't want performers is for your agent to be relying solely on putting up your spotlight link yeah because the spotlight profiles they don't they don't show you a performer off to their best you look exactly the same as every other performer and the whole point of making a name for yourself is exactly that you can't make a name for yourself if you are exactly the same as you know presenting yourself as as exactly the same so that casting will get to the agent the agent you know any any sane agent is not going to put up the spotlight profile they're going to put up their profile a link to their to their own website this is when you can start to see which agents are actually you know really there for their performers or they're just there for themselves because if they're there for their performers they will have a lovely website showing off the profiles you know and, and really making sure that their artists um, have the best ability to to get that job. Just relying on a spotlight link and telling your performer your your performers as a thing. Oh, when you join, you've got to join Spotlight. I mean, it, it's just. Uh, I don't know if I if I if I said my point there or not, but but basically, you just don't need to go. We get the agents get the, the castings anyway, so they're going to put you up. Anyway, they're not going to go, oh, you're not, I'm not, you know, you're not on spotlight, so I'm not going to put you up. And I don't even know if it's a case of those agents that don't have that stuff don't care as much as it is they just don't actually know what they should be doing if spotlight didn't exist. It's so rooted in the industry that this is just the way things happen that I feel like a lot of people just don't actually think about how could we do this better. They just go, this is what happens. It, I, I actually think... When Spotlight falls, it's going to enhance the whole industry because people are going to have to start acting. Do you know what? I actually need to understand marketing now. I need to understand business, branding, all of this stuff, online presence. And it's going to actually kick agents into gear going, do you know what? We need to do more. We should have been doing it all these years. Spotlight allowed us to relax too much and took our finger off the pulse. Like, it's allowed people to just calmly exist which isn't good. We need people to have a need to drive forward and need to compete. Again, because all the profiles are identical, no one's competing, no one's trying to be better than each other because a spotlight profile doesn't allow you to do anything different. We're just robots in an industry. We need a healthy level of competition to drive everyone forward. It would be monumental if if casting directors did start to come out and say, we're not using this platform. You know, it would, it, it, it really would. Everything would change overnight. Uh, will I, will it happen? I, I don't know because, you know, we, what was it two episodes ago? We talked about, um, you know, that actually probably more than two episodes about the week when everyone went crazy because spotlight were down, you know, um, it's, they need, a lot of people feel they need it. They need it. Um, and and, and even some are willing to pay for it. Like, well, this is it. It's like, as soon as spotlight goes, there's so many people that are going to, collapse and go out of business and that sounds like a bad thing however i'd also place a little argument here of is that actually a better thing because it's gonna then mean more people need to work together 
I think one of our problems in the UK at the moment is that there's too many agencies, not necessarily too many agents. The more agents are working under one house, the better that agency can become and the better that can represent all its clients and the more clients it can have. If we look at companies like a um, UTA or YMU, these huge international talent agencies, they're at that level because the amount of hands on deck were most effective when all the agents are under one roof, not when every agent is just them as the agent and they're the only agent in the, com- in the company. These little individu- individual agents almost hold people back as well because an agency itself can't get big enough to do the most effective job. We're better under these huge roofs and it's going to feed more potential staff into them, I would say. We've discussed this before. We won't mention names, but there's certain agencies out there that they, they, you know, they literally represent the bottom feeders and they will be the ones at, at uh, college shows or drama school shows that, you know, literally will take on anyone. And it's, it's then the performers. Oh yeah, I got, you know, I want to get this bit, but I've been, I've already been offered this agency <laughs> yeah um and they're you know this is more kind of actors or musical theatre obviously they're they're holding out because the one they have been offered is basically a load of rubbish and what's happened over over a period of time is that people have seen oh god there's so many performers out there who are basically rubbish at but what they're doing is they're creating a whole a whole big new genre of people that we can make money from, we can sell shit to, we can give advice to and sell that advice to them and we can become their agent even though they would never normally get an agent because they're not good enough to get a proper, a good agent. So it's like not everyone needs agents, you know, because we're at a point now where it seems like it's the easiest time ever to get an agent. But that can't be good because it makes it means basically no one is, get, you know, if there if there was and I'm not saying there should only be three or four big agencies. But if the fewer there are, the bigger competition, the better people would be, you know, um, it can't be that you can be kind of you can come into the industry and be OK and still kind of work. You know, um, it, it, it should be the the you know, the best should 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 rise to the top. This is where we've got to find that difference between what should the individual agent bring to the table and what should the agency bring to the table. The agent should just be one department within the agency. And this is where even us as a relatively small agency are quite lucky because we have a lot of skills within. For example, we can do website design, logo, graphics, social media, all of this stuff. They are all departments that need to exist within an agency. So the individual agents that have their own agencies do the agent bit great, but they're lacking all these pieces of the puzzle where to manage effectively, you need branding, you need someone making stuff for your social media, you need someone on your website, you need PR managers. The agency should bring that. The agents can keep doing what they are now, but they need to click in with larger departments. You can't do that as a one-man band. This is where it needs to go. There's there's more to be done as an agency than what the agent themselves does. And I, I think that's something where we lack the understanding because but what's most common in the UK is individual agents in an agency. No agency is really doing enough for us to even understand what a full agency should look like. 
our only shining examples are a Curtis Brown, a YMU, UTA, even up to the large scale of like WME, do you know what I mean? Universal. These are agencies that have the top talent because they can promote them to the top because they have the facility to do everything the talent need. It's more than just a, ne- a negotiation and suggesting. There's so much more to the puzzle. It's coming to an end, not just Spotlight, but just the, the whole performing arts. And, you know, anyone who knows me, it's like I'm a conspiracy theorist with it. I've been going on about it for ages. It's it's over. It's going to end, you know, because it, it can it can only end when you've got so many people and it's swelling and swelling and swelling and colleges and drama schools building and getting bigger and bigger and more because it's not just Spotlight. It's Mandy, you know, and Star now and, and all these other, you know, things. It's signalling the end of a mentality within the performing arts of entertainment, not just the end of a casting platform. That casting platform has almost become now the scapegoat for all the other problems. And actually, without it, the whole process changes anyhow. So all the other industries, there's like a knock-on effect. It's like cards falling over. It's all going to have to change in the click of a finger. It's interesting you say that because look at the the CDG and then saying what they said. And then, uh, who was it? Was it Anne Vosser? Oh, yeah, yeah, who isn't in the yeah, Anne Vosser musical theatre. Yeah, so what did she say? She was trying, what was she, the point she was trying to make? Basically, what Anne Vosser has revealed is that the CDG members don't have to pay for Spotlight. However, casting directors that aren't in the CDG do actually already have a charge. So there is already a double-ended charge, which it seems like from Equity's statement, Equity didn't even know that was going on. So there's even the challenge here of why should the CDG ones get it for free? What makes them so different than the other casting directors? Again, it's like a class divide of casting directors. Almost CDG is Spotlight Premium. And she 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 was saying, um, not in these exact words, but she was saying basically, well, look, I've been on CDG and now I'm not on it, but that doesn't make me any less of a casting director. Um, I mean, I was shocked. I didn't know that. But then, but you've, you know, when we've done, uh, when we've cast in the past, now I remember um we then haven't used Spotlight because they weren't to charge us. So we used uh, Castweb and, and, and other, other means. I usually just direct email out to the actual agencies, to be honest, which is exactly this part I'm trying to make. It's so easy for the casting directors to do. Just have a database. I put that database together in three hours, emailed, we've cast every job off the back of that database. It's so simple. You don't want to hear from from two, three hundred agents. You want to hear from the ones that you know that you always look through. Oh, well, I, I like this person, this person, this person. Good. You know, maybe a few others, but you don't want two hundred agents sending you sending you suggestions. It's just a it's just a waste of time. You must know. Otherwise, what is a casting director good for if they don't know the talent? You know, it's not like UK's. It's not like it's huge. Like, you're seeing the same faces all the time. You must know who is good and who's not and which agencies are going to supply you with this and that. Um, I can hear I can hear in the background, you know, people going, yes, but that's not fair. That's not fair if only this agency or that agency or that agency. But it's like, 
well, life isn't fair. You know, if we are going to have a fair performing arts industry, it's going to be rubbish. No one's going to work. No one's working anyway. And this is where it's, it's double ended as well. If you want to call, it's not fair. Is it fair for every single person to receive it? And therefore you have not point not 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 one percent of booking the job. Is that fair on you to actually have hope of the job but it's a case of winning a lottery? I don't think that's fair. I, I described this the other day of like it's like putting a dog out of its misery. You're sat suffering because everyone's getting everything. So therefore no one can succeed. Back to the stats I gave in part one. By the current numbers of on spotlight, membership versus castings, you're estimated to book one job in three years. That's likely to be like a £350 day fee. And for that, you've had to pay out a load of spotlight memberships that actually cost more than that £350. It makes it impossible for people to have careers. I don't think there's a fair way. I can hear people going, well, do you know, Bailey, I've had, a, I've had, a, I've had five jobs from spotlight in the last three years. Like... The exception doesn't disprove the rule. Statistics don't lie. If you're beating the statistics... Brilliant. Great for you. But that is not representative of the majority of Spotlight members. It's statistically impossible for it to be the case. It's simply the drugs don't work. <laughs> um, it, do you know what, right? It's, oh God, there's so much to this, you know, and, and for us, it's, it's fascinating watching everyone suddenly come out against each other and blaming each other and, and some want to, some want to pay. Fucking hell, some want to pay, we'll pay. Like, like it's like, okay, you save the, the, the business, which is going to basically go to pot now. So if you do pay, if we had to pay, we'd have to pay like, oh, actually, didn't you work this out? Let me give you a little stats breakdown, as I love to do. Here it comes. Spotlight currently charge performers £183.60 per year. This means... With 90,000 members as advertised, turnover is £16,524,000 annually. There are believed to be approximately 1,900 active agents in the industry at present. This means were agents to foot the bill, each agent would have to pay Spotlight £8,696.84 per year. There are believed to be approximately 400 active casting directors in the industry at present. This means were casting directors to foot the bill, each casting director would have to pay Spotlight £41,310 per year. Finally, Spotlight currently state they hold 2,500 roles per month, thus 30,000 roles per year. This means were the end clients to foot the bill, each individual role will cost an additional £550.80 to cast. Well, guys, let's end this with uh, the craziest <laughs> that I thought the, the, you know, the thing that made me laugh the most, um, which was Mandy. What did they do? So earlier this week, Mandy email, emailed us for some reason, even though they know we're not performers. They emailed us an email that was meant to go to the performers which was a Black Friday sale on performers' membership. I, I literally got the email. I was like, do you not even know what's going on right now? What would go through your head to say anything right now? Like, Mandy aren't really getting a tat. Spotlight are taking the flack. If I was Mandy, I'd be like, let's just sit quiet. Let's not send a single email out. I mean, ride the storm. 
I, I literally felt like they were trying to be like, oh, remember we exist as well, attack us too, please. Like, why, why would you do that? Yeah, I mean, I can't believe, you know, after everything that happened, Mandy then puts it out. Like you said, it's like they don't know what's going on. And there's been other groups and, and organisations out there who you think, oh, they're, they're chipping on it, and, and they just haven't. Um, every performer should understand what's going on here and should be like, right, I don't want to have to pay for for to get jobs. Like, you shouldn't have to pay. You know, you should be making money. That's what we want to do. It's it's like the old um, years ago where there was agency who would charge to get on an agency. Most performers, you know, they got the memo on that. Most performers now know that you don't pay to be on any type of agency. So why they think it's okay to pay to be onto a casting platform, I just I just don't know. But it's the agents. The agents have told them that you have to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. And and this is a problem. It just should never be given as advice. And this is where I come back to that thing of I don't think the agents are thinking. Because it's so easy to get that brief through and just go, Oh, I'll just email my clients in. Every casting director has their email listed on their website. It it's literally like no one's actually thought when they're pressing the submit on Spotlight. It's actually another way to do this. I don't need my performers on Spotlight. I I, I want to give the agents the benefit of the doubt that actually the only reason they encourage the performers to keep paying for it is just because they haven't thought that there is an easy alternative. It's like they just can't see the obvious that's sat right in front of them, which I find really hard to comprehend, but I can't see any other reason for it. There will be some agents out there who... You know, especially the bigger ones, the bigger ones, the huge ones, they will be, you know, seeing Spotlight as great because they'll probably be getting lots and lots of jobs. Um, you know, agencies like us, we have to rely on getting clients from outside. We couldn't, <laughs> couldn't rely on Spotlight. Like, we, you know, it, it, it is literally a needle in the haystack. It's often, oh, it feels like a waste of time putting people up for it. And even with these big agencies that, get loads of stuff from Spotlight, I would want to say to them, okay, but are you getting that from Spotlight or are you getting that from the casting director using Spotlight? I don't think the end of Spotlight signals the end of them getting them jobs. The casting directors are still going to be casting. They're still going to receive the email. It just doesn't need to be on a Spotlight platform. I, I still don't understand how Spotlight's existence helps them. It's convenient because it's where the castings are right now, but it doesn't need to be. You'll still get the castings. We've sort of pinpointed some things that should happen. And we're in agreement, aren't we, that it should be, you know, that if casting directors, if casting directors started saying, right, that's it, I agree, I'm off, that would be it, wouldn't it? That really is the, you know, casting and agents. Agents should stop. So basically saying agents should stop saying that their client has to be on um spotlight colleges should stop recommending it as well yeah this this is it we know it's going to take a fair few years for equity to get the change so let's just give equity a hand and stop performance having to pay before then some point the law will change but we shouldn't wait till that and keep paying out every single year we've got to all hold up our end we're in quite a lucky position really that we can shout loud that that part that i addressed earlier where the agent's part is just stop suggesting via Spotlight so the casting director's supply gets moved away. That's the agent's part. We're lucky we can say we've done that. Hopefully loads of other people will follow suit. And it's the same on every end. Colleges, 
you've got to stop telling your performance to join. It's going to end anyhow. Casting directors, stop putting your castings there. Help the performers be comfortable with leaving. We've all got to chip in and help here. Because ultimately, with this law change coming around, if we keep forcing the performers to need to renew their year subscription, renew the year subscription, at some point, there'll be a group of performers get two years into their, uh, two months into their subscription, the law changes, and they lose the other 10 months they paid for because Spotlight doesn't exist anymore. By the time it comes to the law change, there should be no one left. We can't allow anyone to lose money when it ends. We need to stop as quick as possible, is what I would say. I'm going to come back to that question then that I asked at the start. Is this the end for Spotlight? I would say definitely the end for Spotlight. However, I think it's a, I think it's way, way bigger than just the end for Spotlight. I think it's the end of the whole industry model as we know it. Because Spotlight is like the pin that's holding it all together. Pull that pin out and it's all just going to collapse and we're going to find a brand new way. I feel like the whole casting process will change. This language that we use in like third years at college on what you need to do when you get into the industry, even down to advice that agents give. I feel like every single bit of the performing arts, the dance industry, the entertainment industry as we know it is about to completely flip. Spotlight, yes, but I think it's a wider thing of the whole current industry is ending. Now let me flip the question back on you, Stuart. Do you think it's the end of Spotlight? I do, I do. I can't see a way that they're going to be able to make, you know, they've got, they're in a big building. Um, I can't see it. And, I, and, and the, the thing we haven't spoke about, actually, which is the sad thing of this, is that there must be people working for Spotlight looking at all this, thinking this could be, you know, I could lose my job here. And for those Spotlight employees as well, like, think about the shock they must have right now. Because obviously this whole thing was born out of Spotlight rebranding. We're going to launch this new membership plan that's got analytics on the profiles and a mental health hotline. All this stuff, which I'm sure inside there have been going, this is going to be great. And brand new offices. They must have been sat there the day before this launch, being like, I can't wait for tomorrow. Spotlight's about to go to a whole other level. None of them will have been expecting this to be the collapse. They must really be in a state of shock, which... For the individual people, I absolutely do feel sorry for. You just, you know, you just have to do the maths. <laughs> Basically, you just have to do the maths. They're earning a lot of money, and that same amount of money is not going to be made from charging agents or charging casting directors. Somehow, they would need to find some kind of little way of the casting directors passing the 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 fee onto the client or something like that but it's gonna it's gonna be messy there's gonna be no easy solution to that you know oh but you have i'm I'm charging you extra for this or you know because then why would a casting director want to say that they would just you know they would just have to take the hit but then why would it have to be the casting director they don't need to like we said you know mark summers does not need to post on spotlight everyone sees his stuff this is another huge hole in that equity statement, isn't it? Where they're saying the client has to be the one that pays. Spotlight never have any interaction with the client. How is Spotlight going to get the client to pay? The only way is for the casting director to collect it, as we say, but then how is Spotlight going to regulate that the casting director has collected it? The casting director isn't going to get paid that before they put their brief out on Spotlight, presumably. You've got payment windows and all sorts. So you're going to be allowed to put your casting out before the client's paid. How 
how can you keep track on who has and hasn't paid? It's just unfeasible. It really is. And is it is it just for one job? You know, do you pay per job or are you paying uh, for the whole year? Because if you're just a client who uses, uh, well, we, you know, we've got a special event. We've never used dancers before. We've never used actors before. We want it just for this thing. You know, I mean, saying that they might be more, more gullible to them pay, <laughs> pay the extra, um, a, a new client. But oh, I don't know. It just seems so messy. I would not want to be the one around that table trying to come up with the new solution. They'd have to make money from other ways. You know, we talked about advertising, but I don't think they'd do it from advertising because it's too high. The cost is still too high. Like, just calculate 90,000 performers times the membership fee. How are you going to replicate that? Like, the newspapers can do it because the entire British public are going there. But in a marketing sense, 90,000 people isn't that much. That's the traffic. It's just unsup. I can't see a way it's supportable by any method. How and what could Spotlight turn into? You know, it's not going to make its money just from having little rooms for people to come and do um, self-tapes and, and little castings, is it? It may just be a case of it needs to split its features up, to be honest. You have a casting studio, that's one business. You have one thing that's just a directory of performers, like an IMDB, and then you have another thing that's just like a Facebook group for castings. It's when you put all those features together that it creates this, what is called a monopoly. I, I as I said in the last episode, I don't believe it technically is a monopoly, but it presents that way for sure. And that's the problem. It's the way it presents. It's got to be split up. You can't do all of that in one place. It's just not ethical at the end of the day. Monopoly or not, it's not ethical. That's our opinions. What are yours? Let us know in the comments. Hit the subscribe button. Click a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. Come on. If you sat here by now, you must have done. And turn on the notification bell so you know all about it next week when we come back. Give us a follow on social. You can check us out on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, you can come to YouTube or on Amazon, Google. Anywhere you get your podcasts, we'll be there ready and waiting for you. Bailey, it's been a pleasure. Um, we're going to have a meeting now. <laughs> um, so I'll see you in a second. But uh, thanks for all your opinions as, as normal. And uh, I'll see you on the next episode. Nice one, Stuart. I'll catch you soon.